0: Listening to the podcast for learning the language of a course in miracles, so you can understand the meaning, embody the message, and live the teachings as a way of life. Welcome to episode 48 of this podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Jennifer McSween, creator of this podcast, and the Course in Miracles practice coach for taking those who are studying the course from information to application. On this week's episode, I'm gonna be talking about the topic of sin. Now, I said at the beginning of these last few episodes that I would be addressing topics from the Manual for Teachers section of the course because the manual summarizes some of the most important themes, some of the more important, I should say, themes, principles and of the text and focuses on the meaning of being a teacher of God what it is that A Course in Miracles is teaching us to do. Now, though the topic of sin is not specifically addressed in the Manual for Teachers section of the course, it is an important topic in the course. It is central to the ego's thought system of separation and is among the key topics that are addressed in a question-and-answer format in the workbook section of the course. And it comes under the heading of exactly how it's stated, what is sin. Understanding what sin really is, is essential if we want to effectively practice what the Course is teaching and to successfully undo the ego's thought system. Sin, by the ego's definition, is not only real, but is what defines the world. It is the ego's proof that the separation did happen. So from the perspective of the world, which is nothing other than the ego's thought system showing up in form, sin is not only seen as real, but also as the inherent nature of humanity. Sin is really defined as a violation of God or an attack against God. Something that affects, changes, or even annihilates God And by that reasoning or that line of reasoning, everything that God represents. Since the physical world or the world is a physical representation of the idea of separation, meaning every aspect of it reflects the opposite of the oneness, the wholeness, and the peace that defines God, the world is the evidence of the ego's story that the separation happened, that we did it and it was an attack on God. This was a sin and therefore we are guilty. And believing the ego story, we see ourselves as sinful individual human beings that offended God. And you know, we may vehemently deny that this is the way we see ourselves because except for certain religions that speak matter-of-factly, of mankind as the product of sin or sinful creatures, we're not even aware on a conscious level that we're holding this underlying perception or rather misperception of ourselves as sinful and and guilty. But if we were to examine our thoughts though, most of us would find that on some level, we feel we have to keep ourselves in check in different ways. Um, One of the ways is that we feel if we don't keep ourselves in check, we would behave in unkind, unloving, maybe even cruel ways, not only to each other, but that might also be offensive to God. Or that if we don't keep ourselves in check, you know, we will literally sit around and do nothing and be worthless and unambitious and (laughs) literally just occupy space. You know, I actually remember having a client at one time who was, so rigid with themselves and they made these long lists of literally to do's and to accomplish. Talk about, you know, it's like a bucket list for life that was a had to. And they really felt they had to check off everything on that list in terms of accomplishment. And in addition to accomplishing it perfectly, they had to do it. and. You know I remember asking, you, know, well, why are you so hard on yourself? Why do you feel you have to keep on doing and doing and doing?" And she responded by saying, "Well, if I don't, I, I don't trust myself to not be ambitious. I'm going to be unambitious and literally be unaccomplished." And so we have this, you know, this underlying belief that we have to make ourselves not only do the right things, but to do something. Otherwise, we're really, like, worthless and you just can't count on us and anything good coming out of of us. Now, this is an extreme case, or these are extreme cases, but we all have this little underlying feeling that we have to keep checking ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And this, however, is nothing other than the form in which we are experiencing that underlying ego's misperception that says we are inherently or by nature bad, sinful, and individual bodies. And this, by the way, is the central premise on which most, if not all religions are based, as well as most of the world's cultures and traditions. And again, this is so because as I mentioned earlier, the world is the manifestation of the ego's thought system of separation. Now, the Course says the word that best describes the nature of the separation, if it were possible, is sin, an attack on God or against God. Because both separating or attacking God, separating from or attacking God, would mean that God is no longer as it is. God is no longer one, and everything that God represents no longer exists and is not real. The Course refers to the nature of the world as illusory and what goes on in the world as magic. That is, something that appears to be real, but in reality, not only has no substance, but doesn't even exist. So another word for sin in the Course is magic. And to believe that the world and everything that takes place in it is real is to believe in the reality of sin which is why there is such a pervasive belief in the world that sin is real, whether you describe yourself as religious or not. From the perspective of the Course, though, sin is literally nothing. It isn't real and doesn't exist because all it is is the ego telling us a story, a lie, that it uses as proof that the separation did happen And goes on further to say that we are individual bodies because the separation happened, but that that individuality was gained at the cost of attacking the oneness of God, separating ourselves from God, and that that was a most grievous sin. So, according to the Course, when we believe this story told to us by the ego, it leads to immense guilt. And it is this thought of guilt in our minds that then gets projected outwards onto and into different forms and appearing in our bodies, objects, and other people in our lives and in the world. This is responsible, this thought of guilt is responsible for all the sickness and dis-ease and conflict we have in the world with our bodies and with each other and in the world. So sin, or rather the belief in sin, is really the source and substance, the thing that defines and gives validity to the body and everything that seems to take to make up or take place in the world. In other words, the belief in sin bears witness to the ego's thought system as the truth or as what is true. In paragraph three, under the heading of what is sin in the workbook section of the course, it states what can be described as the ego's testimony to to sin in the following words. It says, sin proves, and proves is in quotations, God's son is evil, timelessness must have an end, eternal life must die, and God himself has lost The Son he loves, with but corruption to complete himself, his will forever overcome by death, love slain by hate, and peace to be no more. In other words, the belief in sin is the acceptance of the idea that there is something other than the oneness, wholeness, and the peace that is God that exists and that is the true nature of reality. It is affirming that you are a body, that God is something apart from you, and the individualized forms, different forms you see in the world outside you is the true nature of reality, is what's real. Again, sin, or the belief in sin, is believing in or choosing the ego's illusory thought system to be true or what is real. So sin should therefore be looked at, related, and responded to, similarly to the way we were told to look at magic, to look at, relate, or respond to magic and magic thoughts that I talked about in last week's episode, which is to recognize or see it for what it is, the illusory projection of the ego's thought system, Realize that why or whenever we seem to see and encounter sin in whatever form, in ourselves, others, and the world, is because we're letting the ego be our guide or the lens through which we're looking. And whenever we choose the ego to be the guide or the lens through which we look, we will literally fall prey to misunderstanding, misperception, and misinterpretation. In other words, we'll totally miss understand and misperceive what anything is, what it means, or what is taking place for that matter. So what the Course teaches that we do, how we relate or respond with regards to sin, regardless of the form, again, and regardless in whom or what we, we see it, is the same as what it teaches with regards to magic thoughts. That is, our first responsibility is not to attack it. Sin, just like magic thoughts, is the belief in something that isn't real. Sin is not a thing. So sin is not about something wrong or wrongdoing. The only thing that's wrong is the belief in sin, the result of believing the ego's thought system, which leads to misperception. The only thing you need to do is to correct your perception. And you do so by undoing the ego. So yield not into the temptation to attack it, to get rid of it, feel guilty about it, or fear being punished for it, or think you should seek to be pardoned for it. How you look at, relate, respond to, or what you do about your perception of sin in anyone or in any form is to recognize it as a misperception stemming from choosing to believe in the ego's thought system of separation. And all we need do is correct our perception by being willing to look at the appearance of sin in any form from the perspective of love, understanding, and forgiveness instead of fear, judgment, judgment and condemnation. So that's it for this week. Join me next week for the topic, what is the peace of God? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Understanding the Language of A Course in Miracles podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, please leave me a review on iTunes so that others can hear about it, enjoy it, and find it helpful also. And do subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Have a great week, and see you on the podcast next Wednesday.